Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. And welcome back for our number two of the Gun Guy Show here on 93 WIBC. We're thrilled to have you with us. We're talking about the announced public safety plan from Republican. Now we're going to have to start putting quotes around Republican. Republican candidate for Indianapolis Mayor Jefferson Shreve came out on Thursday. And um, and I, I, I am... As disappointed in this as I could have, I could possibly be, and the reason is because I was all excited about Jefferson Shreve, a guy who, by the way, sold his business apparently last year, uh, a storage company that he built up by all reports. You know, uh, he he built this business up himself, and he deserves credit for that. But sold it last year for a reported five hundred ninety million dollars. So just shy of $0.6 billion with a B. So he's got a whole bunch of money. So I was excited about the idea. This guy could run a well-funded campaign. And assuming he has two brain cells to rub together, you'd like to think he could mount a challenge to Joe Hogsett, who I think has been running this city into the ground since he was elected originally. So I was excited about the Jefferson Shreve campaign. And it's interesting to me that now uh, Jefferson Shreve's campaign and I are uh, trading the barbs that we are because uh, I'm clearly going after them and they've decided to come after me. All right, so be it. I'll talk more about that in a bit. But but for perhaps a calmer, cooler <laughs> reaction to all of this, I want to bring in a good friend of mine uh, for a lot of years, uh, Charlie Hilton and Charlie's the president of the Indiana State Rifle and Pistol Association. But Charlie's been very, very active, uh, very, very active on, in the Indiana political scene for a lot of years. And he's uh, he's fought for organizations, for instance, like the Boy Scouts of America and several others. And, and when it comes to the Second Amendment, not only is Charlie president of ISRPA, but he, he, he doesn't just talk the talk, he walks the walk. For instance, I've shot a lot of sporting clays with Charlie Hilton, and I've, I've gone shot handguns with Charlie and his kids, who are all badass with firearms. Uh, Charlie's uh, literally also a gun guy um, and a great patriot and a good friend of mine. But first of all, Charlie, welcome to the Gun Guy Show. Oh, guy, a great pleasure talking with you today. So, so Charlie, you know, you and I talked just briefly earlier when I invited you on the show, but... Um, you've been a longtime uh, proponent, not just proponent, but but you know warrior for the Second Amendment, uh, as I have been. And when 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 you not only saw Jefferson Shreve's uh, public safety plan, quote unquote, but when you see his senior advisor Mark Lubber saying that Jefferson Shreve's decision to attack the Second Amendment, to turn his back on the Second Amendment, to attack the Second Amendment rights of of individuals in this country is, quote, the beginning of the revolution to return common sense and courage to the soul of the Republican Party. That's a quote from Mark Lubbers, 
and uh, the link is to this uh, this blog called Importantville, where both Shreve and his advisor gave uh, a, a pretty significant interview. When you when you see that, and you see that public safety plan, um, as a longtime Republican, longtime conservative, what's your reaction? Yeah, I tell you, I'm completely befuddled. You know, first and foremost, I am a resident of Indianapolis, and we live in close proximity to Broderick, and we're concerned about public safety and the you know the wave of violence that's going out there. But you know, the Second Amendment and public safety are not mutually exclusive, right. and I find it ironic that that this, these campaigns have made gun control their solution to the Indianapolis problem. You know, first and foremost, we have a mayor that and a city council that have pushed measures that they have no control over and are unenforceable. There are so many things that they can be doing. You know, I have a friend that just got assaulted in Broad Ripple in front of two police officers. The police officers said they can't do anything because they would have to personally bring the, you know, the the perpetrator downtown and get off the streets police officers hands are tied those are the things they can work on and and so they're making you know there's so many things that they can be doing to address violence but instead you know are focusing on things they have absolutely no control over and then on the other side you've got this recent announcement you know i try that's not a gun control issue that's a truth and advertising issue you know you have somebody who ran for indiana senate that filled out a questionnaire and pledged their allegiance to the Second Amendment and said how much he's, you know, a pro-gun guy. And not more than two weeks ago, talked to a former city councilor who was the chairman of the um, city council public safety committee and told him he was pro-gun and he wouldn't do anything against the Second Amendment unless he talked to him. And then he turns right around and comes up not only with something that is, you know, it's just offensive, but it just it, it just doesn't make sense in in addressing Indianapolis's violence problem. So I think uh, it's not a it's not a gun issue. It's an integrity issue. You know, I have a real issue with somebody out there that you know beats his chest for one issue and then you know sticks his finger up in the air and then all of a sudden decides for political expediency he's going to switch sides. Uh, it's it is befuddling to me. Well, that is such an important point, and, you know, because building public trust has to be uh, a huge priority for any candidate for public office. And and just to to uh, go into a little more detail, you know, when when candidates run for office, like Jefferson Shreve did for Indiana Senate in 2016, the NRA sends them a questionnaire, and it's not. Now, just do you support the Second Amendment? And I know you weren't suggesting that's all it was, Charlie. I'm not. This isn't directed oh, yeah. at you. I'm just explaining to our audience. Um, it's very detailed. Um, it, it talks about things like constitutional carry. It talks about things like uh, so-called assault weapons. Uh, it talks about um, a lot of different two-way issues that are going to come up uh, in legislatures across the country, including here in Indiana, and the, the candidate fills that out and they send it back to the NRA. And on that basis, if they haven't held public office before, they, they based on their questionnaire alone, the NRA will give them a rating. And the NRA gave Shreve in 2016 the rating of AQ. And what AQ means is, well, he gets an A based on his answers, but he doesn't have a voting record, so we have to qualify it. 
and 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 that makes all the sense in the world. So what this guy did to earn that A rating, qualified, since he didn't actually vote on anything, and, and oh, by the way, wh- why do we do that? Why, why does the NRA do that? Because until you actually vote and take a position on issues, we're not going to give you full credit, so we're going to qualify that A grade. Well, God knows that deser- that was deserving when it comes to Jefferson Shreve, because he just, whatever he said, we know generally what he said to, to earn that A rating. Whatever he said on there, he's completely turned his back on. How do you possibly trust this guy in office when he's that two-faced? You can't, especially on an issue that is so important, uh, you know, to the Republican Party and to conservatives. And basically, you know, I just think of a quote by Teddy Roosevelt, you know, you know, and to paraphrase it says he's got the the uh, backbone of a chocolate eclair. You know, if you're if you don't stand for your principles, what are you going to stand for? And like I said, the issue isn't mutually exclusive. There are ways to handle the violence issue in a way that protects our rights, because, you know, quite frankly, when I saw the, you know, the proposals uh, adopted by not only the mayor, but the Democrat city council, basically they said, hey, criminals, we've already given you get out of jail free. Now, guess what? We're going to disarm everyone else so you can not worry about right. and, and, and that's worry supposed- about going after them. And then you've got a Republican out there going, oh, my gosh, uh, maybe public opinion is going this way. I better just drop my principles and go along for the ride, you know. <laughs> exactly. And that somehow is going to promote, quote unquote, public safety. It makes no sense to me. Well, listen, last question, Charlie. And I, listen, yep. I can't thank you enough for, for coming on here because, again, you and I go way back. But you're not just involved uh, on the legislative side, although you're always there, man. You were right there. The, uh, you and me, ISRPA, the 2A project, we were shoulder to shoulder fighting for constitutional carry. And we go way back. Not just that, but a lot of other fights in the General Assembly. It was it was typically on, you know, there for a lot of years, by the way, we'd go into a, a, a committee hearing. And it'd be the local NRA guy, our local guy here recently, uh, John Weber, does a great job. And before that, uh, Dr. Chris Kapaki, who's a rock star. But in a lot of these, there'd be a complete hearing room full of people, a lot of them with their red T-shirts on, say, Moms Demand Action. And then they're, they're in there booing and cheering and hissing and doing whatever they're doing, you know, it, it, on gun issues when they, these it bills, different bills came up over the years. And then it'd be you and me. And the local NRA guy, and that's it. We we were pretty much in there towing the line, <laughs> fighting for two A rights in Indiana. And so you and I have that history. Uh, but 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 you also though have been involved in campaigns, and you've also oh, okay. been involved in working with candidates, uh, conservative candidates, uh, oh, to to get them elected. Let me ask you this question, and I, and I I ran this through with Abdul. And uh, and our listeners heard that 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 interview. Listen, I love Abdul with all my heart, but he also has political aspirations and he has to be a lot more political and reserved than I certainly do. Uh, But I asked him this question. And and, and let me as somebody who's a longtime participant in Indiana politics, how do you how do you devise a winning strategy as a Republican in Marion County to collect? Whatever number of votes you need to win the the election as as mayor of Indianapolis, how do you get enough votes by simply mirroring the exact same gun control proposals that your opponent has already put out there 
and at the same time completely alienating, in fact, angering a very significant portion of your base, which based on most numbers in Marion County is only about 40% to begin with. So let's say you lose 10% or, or, or 20. How, how, and again, we've got these, these, these people advising Jefferson Shreve on these issues. How do they do the math and come up with a theory that that's a winning strategy? That's the other part that befuddles me. And, you know, I've been involved in politics for over 40 years and been involved in a lot of things. And and the one thing when I talk to Republican leaders and and I should differentiate differentiate the Republican leaders, there are there are a lot of Republican leaders out there or there are some that are weak meat and said, oh, my gosh, there's no way we're going to win this race unless we abdicate on this issue. And you know what? You never abdicate on a key principle or a key foundation for, you know, for the reason you're a Republican. And I did tell him, I said, you can win. I said, I've been part of a winning campaign. You know, uh, an important issue uh, several years back was property taxes. And that really affected our citizenry. The Republican Party at that time told me when I was on the GERFCO board, there's no way Greg Ballard can win. And Uh, we're going to go concentrate on the city council. But we put together a ragtag bunch of of, uh, folks, and at that time we called it the Tea Party, not the Tea Party we know today, but we created this Tea Party, and we won. Election night, we knew he was going to win, and I can tell you, the party was surprised, and we knew how to win because it was important to all voters of Marion County. We have the same thing now with public safety. It's in the minds and the front of the minds of both Republicans and Democrats. And we have the keys to hit it head on. The mayor is dodging the bullet by proposing something he has absolutely no power of. Then we have a weak-kneed Republican who is willing to sacrifice his word and his integrity for the sake of possibly winning an election when we have some positive things that we can do. So we need to... We need to rally Republicans and Democrats together to go after this public safety issue in a rational way. And I say rational. I don't say common sense, because when we hear these common sense uh, uh, solutions, they have absolutely nothing to do with common sense. They don't. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't. So so we need to focus on public safety. But like I said, I don't know what we do if two candidates here that – they're basically supporting the exact same thing. Now, to me, you know, I look at it and see who's the biggest danger to me. And, you know, to quote General Patton, I'd rather have a division of Germans in front of me than the French behind me. So, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> well, that, that's that's a really good point. And, Charlie, we need to wrap this up. I'm sorry, buddy, we went long. But, but that is such an incredibly important point, and I'm going to revisit that point here. Uh, for the remainder of the show. But but Charlie Hilton, president of Indiana State Rifle and Pistol Association, longtime uh, conservative uh, and patriot here in Indiana and a great, great friend of mine and shooting buddy. Uh, Charlie, thanks so much for uh, joining us here on the Gun Guy Show. Oh, thank you, Guy. Have a great evening. You too, sir. All right, we're going to wrap this up. We'll come back for a short segment before the bottom of the hour. This is Guy Relford on the Gun Guy Show on 93 WIBC.